0: I'll have what she's having. I love relationships. I love romantic comedies. I love love. We don't know what Cinderella looked like
1: because she's not real.
0: Yes, they freaking got it. Really earn that
1: happily ever after at the end. Change the writing. It's not that hard. Hello, all you hopeful romantics, and welcome to What She's Having, presented by Meet Cutes, where a glass of rosé isn't required, but it's certainly encouraged. I've got my drink today. How about you guys?
0: Yes, this is like it bottle of white wine that's been open for probably about a month, so <laughs> who
1: knows?
2: And I I am drinking iced tea because I have had every bottle of wine that I've seen around me for the past two weeks has been consumed by me, so I'm on a little bit of a detox.
1: Cool girl alert. I'm your host, Ashley Eskew, and today, as you can tell, I have not one guest, but two because we are doing things a little bit differently this week. OK, we've had a ton of guests lately bring up their favorite rom-com BFFs, mostly played by Katherine Hahn or Judy Greer, or even the short-lived foray into the rom-com world by Dave Chappelle, and You've Got Mail. Do you guys remember that?
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> Not till this moment.
2: Forever burned into my brain, unlike Lucy. <laughs>
1: but those storylines all put the best friend on the periphery. Yes, we love them and their B or C storyline problems, but do we really know much about them? Not so much. So today we thought we'd look at three rom-coms that smash that paradigm and put best friends front and center where honestly, if you have best friends like I do, you know they belong. All right, you've heard their voices, but to help me do that, I have two experts in the rom-com genres. The entertainment editor-at-large for Bustle, who's written more on love and entertainment than Carrie Bradshaw, Samantha <laughs> Leach. Wow. <laughs> I'll take it. And the creative producer here at Meet Cute, who I'm so excited to introduce you to. She also brings major Caitlin Deaver vibes to the table. Lucy Ledbetter.
0: Hi, thank you. It's just because I'm wearing a Nike sweatshirt today. <laughs> trying, to be, trying to up my cool game.
1: Uh, So that's us, and welcome all to what she's having. Say anything in ode to BFFs. All right, now Samantha, Lucy, and I have all brought in a rom com that we think exemplifies BFFs at their best. Samantha, Carrie Bradshaw vibes. Start us off.
2: Carrie Bradshaw here. No, I am very excited today to talk about what is not only my favorite rom com to come out in a very long time, but my sister's absolute, my twenty-three year old sister's absolute favorite she has probably seen it over 20 times so we're just continuously quoting the entire thing to each other i'm very excited to talk about jen Caton and robinson's masterpiece someone great
1: so good i know mm-hmm. why i think it's a masterpiece you tell me why so i one of the main things that
2: i you know as i was reflecting on what really resonated with me about the film is that the initial premise, well, yes, it's about a breakup. It's about Gina Rodriguez and the love of my life with Keith Stanfield, sadly ending things after nearly a decade. The true heartbreak of this film is something that's happened to me, and I imagine has happened to you guys time and time again, living in New York City. I've lived in New York about six years now, and you kind of get to the point where a lot of your friends decide, you know what, maybe this isn't the place where I want to make my life. At the beginning of the movie, Gina Rodriguez's character is offered a job in San Francisco, So she's moving there so not only is she like leaving behind the boy that she just broke up with she's leaving behind her best friends and that's just like as someone who's decided to like stick the course I intend to spend the rest of my life here in New York the sorrow of continuously having friends leave and then occasionally come back a lot of my friends who have left have been like JK and back so maybe that'll happen like in a spinoff from this film if there were to be one that resonated with me so much just like having to say goodbye to someone you shared so much of your New York experience with
0: Oh, totally. Especially after the pandemic too. I feel like people are really having that, that moment of like, oh, do I want to be here? Is it worth being here in New York? And like, that's also a love story. Like so many rom-coms, maybe not as much this one are about like the love of New York City. That's so true. New York's usually a character
1: in so many Mm -hmm. of these rom-coms in and of itself. My personal favorite thing that happens (laughs) in Someone Great is we get to see Gina Rodriguez rocking pantless style in almost every scene, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I, it sounds like I'm making fun of her, but honestly, it's so incredible to see a woman own her body in that way. Like that is how I am around my fiance. That is how I am around my friends. We are very open with our bodies. We are very physical. We are very sex positive. It's so incredible to see that relationship through the wardrobe choice yeah I love the. Mo-
2: I mean the soundtrack is just so stellar in this and I think that's so good, good.
1: Mm. it's been
2: praised at nauseum, but like is worth repeating and I remember I think one of the first times we just like see her in her boy shirts she's like about to start drinking and like why a man great till he gotta be great or whatever just starts blasting yes. Lizzo, like at the height of Lizzo and I was like oh shit I have been this person before like this is real this but
1: it's what's happening. I mean, Jenny's brilliance, the writer Jenny, as you yeah. mentioned, her brilliance comes from the fact that like Gina Rodriguez's character is a writer for Rolling Stone. Like her soundtrack would be on point. Music mm-hmm. would be such an important part of her story. And I love that they integrate that.
0: Yes. So many songs we like know and love, but also so many songs that I was like, I have to shazam this said no one actually ever but <laughs> call on me karaoke are like two of my favorite pump up songs now
2: also I mean I just remember another thing that I was thinking about is like yes in almost every rom-com almost every female centric film we got the moment where like the girl gets like her makeover but I love that in this like when they're finally ready to go out and she's like finally ready to stop dressing like a dumpster fire of like a woman she like <laughs> all three of them get that like um, they all get that montage moment where they're trying on a million dresses ready to go out like it's shared between the three and what is it that's, that's like an incredible Lil' Kim song what is the song that's like playing during that like I used to like the jump off the jump off oh of I yes Scar-
0: it's song so good so
2: many times since then
0: this also is making me think of we won't go to book but the scene where they change after being in Mrs. Fine's car which is like totally. one of the best moments of the movie but there's nothing better than like a revamped rom-com makeover moment 100%. That's such a part of being a best friend
1: in your 20s, though. It's iconic is you share clothes with your female friends. I am mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like a rite of passage, almost. It's like part of why I kind of love um, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which is not on our list today, but another great one. Oh, like very good one. Like just even if you're not the same body types, even
0: if you're not the same style, I've worn my friend's clothes out. Oh, yeah. all the time. My best friend, who's actually the reason I know Samantha, like we went to high school together, grew up together. And like, to this day, she'll be like, you're not wearing that. And I'm like,
2: okay, yeah, I'll listen to you. You're right. You're right. To be fair, she's a buyer at SAC. So like, she kind of knows what she's yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, shout out, sure shout out to
0: Louise. Earned, <laughs> yeah, <sister> has <laughs> earned her stripes. But like, we knew even in ninth grade, we knew. I was gonna
2: ask, so someone great aside. Do you guys have a favorite makeover dressing montage movie? Like Pretty Woman, Clueless, all come to mind. But like, yeah, what are some of your favorites? That you in guys, other- Princess
0: Diaries. Duh, that is duh, that duh. is like, I don't know if it's the best, and it's like for sure. I mean, most of them are pretty problematic because they're like, you were ugly until thirty seconds later when we like <laughs> straightened your hair. But Princess Diaries. And, like, any scene with, like, a big closet is just, ugh, Candy. really good. Mm. Candy.
1: I mean, my Nance Hathaway, too. She has so many. It's Devil Wears Prada when she's walking mm. through mm-hmm. New York traffic and you just see Chanel, Prada, Gucci. Like, she's grunge today. She's fashion forward. She's an executive. Like, I yeah. just, you're right, Lucy. You You hit on something that's totally true where makeovers imply that you're more worthy when you're prettier and we've seen this in Miss Congeniality when they walk Mm -hmm. out of there but there's something so empowering about the two you pointed out where it's like these women are walking in their power and they feel better because the clothes kind of uh,
0: put a spotlight on what they already were on the inside That's totally makeover
1: scenes are at their best
0: I agree with that and like in Devil Wears Prada Like, now when I watch it, I'm like, you could not buy that style. Like, she looks amazing. Those are outfits someone is curating every single look. But, like, I love, I love it. I love every minute of every makeover scene ever. Sue me. A makeover scene is inherently
1: feminine. But something I loved about Jenny Caton, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on Samantha, are she feels like a female Judd Apatow to me. What do you think?
2: I don't, I'm I'm interested by that comparison. I think... Perhaps in this movie, um, her first show was the show Sweet Vicious. That was a short-lived MTV program. And she's making another thing similar right now. She's really fascinated by like the themes of revenge and like female revenge fantasies. And I think she'll continue to move in that direction. So I think maybe like Judd Apatow at the base, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, I think she's moving away from the rom-com also in really fascinating ways that I'm like eager to watch her do as
1: well. She's doing the new Thor, right? Totally. yes. Yeah, she was there. What? Right Mm -hmm.
0: That's amazing.
1: I bring it up because we had Kate Ward on the program and Mm. she talked about how people were kind of over rom-coms in the beginning of Mm. the 2000s. We were getting over the genre and then in came Judd Apatow with Knocked Up and all the ones that followed. And we kind of put a man at the center as opposed to a female. Yeah. And I feel like Jenny claims all the comedy that Judd infused back into it, but she puts females at the center. And that's why I call her the female John Apatow. I think that's
2: a, yeah, I think that's a um, a spot on analysis. I agree with that.
0: I think you could for sure say that about Booksmart too. Mm. <laughs> it's like, you know, we'll get there, we'll get there, but. Well,
1: you're just <laughs> chomping at the bit to get to
2: Booksmart. I
1: respect it. So this is the best it. movie ever. I rewatched it last night and that's absolutely true. Just before we move on, we have to hit on the fact that the structure of someone great is technically a rom-com but every beat in the screenplay we hit that is of the rom-com layout is in flashback. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I
2: think there's a lot of smart structural elements like one of my favorite parts at the beginning is like as Supercut of us Supercut is playing my lord there's quite literally a supercut because I think that's how as modern women who came of age in the digital age it's like literally how we view our relationships whenever I'm like sad about a boy like I'm looking at like our old Facebook messages or like emails stuff like that I haven't seen that play out in such a way in film where you're seeing like the digital ephemera of like a love lost but I agree I like the um every beat is sort of either it's a breakup movie or like flashbacks of a relationship. I think, um, yeah, I, I love when the traditional model is just kind of blown up in a sense. And I think it did it in a smart, but not like overly avant-garde abstract way.
0: Totally. And I love like, I love what you said about every girl has done that. And I think she mm. really, really smartly and subtly plays into like the fantasy of it. Like how easy it is to, change the narrative of something in your head again with all the flashbacks and the super cuts but then like at the very end of the movie where there's her fantasy and her daydreaming that like he comes to meet her in washington square park but how that is disrupted not by anything unpleasant but like by her friends coming to be with her and i think that's such a smart way of her like flipping the narrative and having you think that it is this like love story this like true love that they have and then being like no like that wasn't what was real like this is what is real
2: because love is friendship love is new york city it's all the it's all the things
1: yes two friends that have full character arcs in their storylines by the way that happen to end up with them either opening up to their partner or choosing a new partner but Really them overcoming that obstacle to be a better version of themselves by the end, which you gotta love to see it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally, totally. They're not just like in service of like Jenny's plot line.
2: Right, which like all my love to like Catherine Hahn and how to lose a guy in 10 days. But like that was, you know, her playing the therapist, like just entirely in service. Like we're past it.
1: Okay, I loved someone great. Even my fiance who I made watch- it with me was commenting on how great and natural the pithy dialogue was. One of the best, but I think we also have to look at one of the
0: other best that Lucy brought in for us today. Mm -hmm. Booksmart, amazing movie. The first thing I'll say about Booksmart is like, I think I would be hard pressed to find a movie that came out in the last like five or even 10 years that like, I can point to so many people in my life who are so different, who loved it. Mm Like, I think I went to it in theaters with my parents and my sister and my brother-in-law and my dad, who is famously the pickiest person I have ever met in my life when it comes to movies, loved it. My sister loved it. My brother-in-law loved it. We had a great time. You know, people who I've worked with love it. It's just such a good movie. And I it's really hard to find things that are critical to say about it. So like, what I'm super curious to hear from both of you is... Do we think this movie's a rom-com? I know what I think. I think.
2: I want to counter and ask a question because there's a I think a natural comparison between Book Smart and Super Bad. And definitely. So what was I reading the other day? Oh, I was um working on a story I was editing an interview somebody had done with had done with Jake Johnson from New, New Girl no
1: and, uh, I
0: would get totally. any fungus he would give me to rub up against him completely that is the dream best friends <laughs> turned lovers
2: yes but he He's- called super bad a love story like a rom-com and like I don't think that's wrong either I think they both are I think they're just like not totally. the traditional one we've seen
0: I totally agree and like when I was thinking about it at first I was like Is not a rom com, this is just a comedy. But then I was like, I think that rom coms have definitely gotten a bad rap, and there's been like a little bit of like a reinvigoration of what a rom com is. But like, I like thinking of it as just paying homage to the rom com genre, and rather being like, it's a comedy with romance, it's like the romance in this movie really is between Amy and Molly. And I think there are a lot of movies, like Someone Great, obviously those friendships seem real and they're fleshed out and the friend characters are really important. But in Booksmart, a lot of the structure of the movie is like the classic structure of a comedy, right? Like takes place over basically 24 hours. There are all these funny bit characters, but there also are these iconic moments in the movie like that are classic moments that you have in rom-coms like the fight scene at the party when they finally get to next party and they have this like huge fight in front of everyone is totally like a big breakup scene in a rom-com and then like when they're at the airport saying goodbye to each other that's not like saying goodbye to your best friend that's saying goodbye to like your best friend who you love so I kind of like thinking about it as like not just love between the best friends, but like really a romance.
2: Yeah, and like how normative and narrow-minded do you have to be to think that like ro- like the rom and com can't extend to deep, deep love of friendship?
1: Also, when you're in high school, the more meaningful relationships are with your friends. So I think that's why this particular story it's so fun. It moves so quickly. It goes in so many different directions, but there's a real depth and resonance to it because like you're feeling those deep things and it generally was in response to a friend. Everything else was surface. Most of us don't marry our high school love, especially not anymore, but a yeah. lot of us are still best friends with our high school girlfriend that like taught
0: us to be the best version of ourselves. Totally. I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. And in Booksmart, it's like, there's like the like romantic subplots are like very minimal like amy's crush on ryan like amy hooking up with hope even mrs fine and theo like those are actually like the comedic element when molly like kisses jared at the end like those are like silly bit things they come so secondary to molly and amy's friendship
1: are you guys the molly or the amy like who did you grow up as What a question.
2: I don't know if I saw myself necessarily in either of them. I think I admired them both. And maybe if I was more like my full on authentic, true self, I would have been one of them. Mm -hmm. But I definitely didn't like, let myself be as like, unabashedly nerdy and like all of that as they do. So I don't I admire them. Whereas I think maybe I was like a little too try hard in high school to be like as authentically them. What about you, Lucy?
0: I probably skew Molly because I was like pretty uptight and you know, still am. But this question is making me realize how I don't even think either of them really is like a stereotype that we see Mm -hmm. in a lot of like high school movies of like the archetypal jaw. Or nerd, or like student council president, football player. Maybe in the beginning it feels like it's that cookie cutter, but then every single character breaks those molds too. I think the best character in the movie, I have to say, is Jared. And you (laughs) think that he's this very weird, specific type that, like, is a type you recognize, but it goes so far beyond that which one's Jared um, me. Jared's Jared's the one who was the party on the yacht that no one I love him there. he's amazing oh my god and when she kisses him at the end it's just it's beautiful and what Olivia Wilde does so smartly at, at the start of the movie too is like immediately those stereotypes are broken when she hears them talking about her when she's in the bathroom mm-hmm. and the whole like inciting incident of the movie is her like freaking out and asking everyone where they are going to college and she assumed that they were all going to you know not super impressive schools and they're all going to like you know stanford yale harvard whatever it's brilliant
2: what if i said i identified as like billy lord's characters like yeah that's who i was like in high school oh
0: (laughs) my god i was. i did not i did not Constantly drugging your friends with yeah.
1: strawberries. On exactly. <laughs> I would love to see a sequel with Gigi and Jared. Like- <laughs> Agree.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. They're so good. Oh my God. There's so many good characters. Triple A. Mm-hmm. Not who you thought she was. She comes love Triple A.
1: Molly Gordon. Incredible as Maya in Shiva Baby.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my God.
1: everyone to see.
2: Do we consider Shiva Baby a rom-com? It ends with, it ends no. with a rom-com? No, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah,
0: that would be funny though. Mm-hmm. There's some rom. There's some com.
2: <laughs> How do we make this argument?
0: There's some death. You know, mm-hmm. it's all It's all fair game. I do have to say, I wish I had seen this movie when I was in high school. Because it just is like, hey, high school girls never settle for any love. That is less than the love you have with your best friends.
2: That's a beautiful thing. I agree.
1: Also, there's like a subtle, I didn't pick up on this the first time I watched it, but when I rewatched it last night, Olivia Wilde, I'm curious if this was in the script or this was her choice. We are surrounded by a lot of wealth in Los Angeles and a lot of privilege in all of those characters. And Molly, who is fighting and scraping to like differentiate by her brain and her success, lives in an apartment complex. Hmm. And, I, and it's never brought up. It's never in dialogue. No one ever puts her down for it. There's no sort of class struggle. But she is completely differentiated from every other home life that we see in that film. And I think that's a beautiful layer to Molly's character that like, there's a reason why she feels like she has something to prove. Look at all this like wealth and privilege and those people are all gonna have a step up that she knows she won't inherently have.
0: Yeah, wow. To be honest, I never even thought of that. It's That's a good point though. It's like very, very subtle mm. the way it's it's brought in there. To, to wrap it all
1: up, I did hear Beanie Feldstein who like, to me, there is no one better. Beanie, please come join us. I'm obsessed with you and always have been talk on Armchair Expert about how it kind of pains her to be compared to Superbad. What are your guys' thoughts on why the two
0: films are so often compared? I think because we don't ever see comedies that are popular in the mainstream where women are at the center. And I think, I haven't seen Superbad in so long, but like I think generally it does kind of suck that it's like, here's this Badass movie by this badass female director with these badass female characters, and like, let's compare it to a movie that's all about guys. Like, why can't it just stand on its own? Is maybe a little bit how I feel.
2: I counter, I think they're authentically analogous. Like I think, regardless of um obviously the Jonah and Beanie sibling dynamic makes them more apt of a comparison. But I also think like they are pretty true depictions of what it's like to be outsiders like on the last couple days of school Mm. and just truly striving to be cool in your final moments and also as much as like um Amy and Molly have this deep, real love story. I think what was kind of radical about Superbad is that they gave, like, it's even rare to show like vulnerability amongst male friends. And I do think it was this great portrait of like true vulnerability and like jealousy between friends and like insecurities and in the way that works. So, I I mean there's a lot of things that aren't feminist and like modern about Superbad on the whole, but I think the the true romance of friendship, I think is like an apt comparison between the two. But that's my hot
1: take. Full on sidebar. I have such a girl crush on your vocabulary and the way you articulate yourself. Like, no, Thank I'm you gonna so have much. a full-on Amy Molly moment with you. I think honestly, I'm a little older than you guys too. I came to the table with a little bit of a different movie, My Best Friend's Wedding.
0: Bum, bum, bum.
1: And you guys, I have gone on such a journey with this film. I mm. saw it as a teenager. And yes, I was that girl that was, that fell deeply in love with my best friend in high school. He happens to look exactly like Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> so already I was like, yes, this is, Does he? yeah. Oh yes. Yes. I will tell okay, you his name after. You can and I will- send me a
0: picture because I'm not quite buying that, but
1: I'm here for it. Did he in high school? Maybe not so much. Does he now? He has Uh the same, like, side swoopy bangs and, like, puppy dog eyes. Is he married? Like, is he single? What's his deal? (laughs) No, he's a performer on a cruise ship. And actually, I met my fiancé because he was his roommate. The layers. The layers. The twist. But then I watch it as an adult a few months ago. And I was telling Lucy, like, every choice Julianne, played by Julia Roberts, makes, mortified me. Absolutely. Mm. The for lack sure. of compassion for all these people she loves. And I'm re-watching it last night expecting to hate watch it genuinely and trying to figure out how to articulate it today. And I realized there's actually a lot of beauty and complication in this film that I had missed. My Best Friend's Wedding is not just about Michael and Julianne. So that's one best friend. It's really also about um, Rupert Everett and Julianne as best friends, Julia Roberts as best friend and the like gay straight friendship. And then also Cameron Diaz as Kimmy in the beginning says, I'm gonna make you my best friend. And like the genuine female friendship that evolves Mm. from that. Mm. And it's also her wedding. And like, I felt like it was kind of like this dual layered, the complicated relationships that evolve as we get older that we have to go through and kind of our relationship to other people's happiness now was she a dumpster fire yes she sent out emails and did terrible things and i hated her for it and when he was there like on the verge of a panic attack she didn't acknowledge what she had done even though she saw him in pain yes but i don't know i kind of
0: fell in love with it last night Oh my God, I think you're giving it way too much credit.
2: I I think I had never really, I guess I haven't watched it since I've gotten to the age of like my friends coupling up in a more major way. But I do think there's something really valid in what you're saying. Like it does, I don't think it redeems her character, but like it is awkward to have to meet the people that you've had sexual tension with, if not ever actually realized their their new partner and just like compare yourself to them in every which way. Like that is a relatable feeling. Now, the way that she reacts to it, not so relatable, but I think the layer that you're bringing in, it's like, oh, like I kind of thought I maybe could have ended up with you. And now I'm supposed to be like, best friends with the girl you chose like that isn't it that's a genuine tension that's real i'll give her i'll give points to that lucy what do you think
0: well i just get like i do see what you're both saying but she is given so many opportunities to course correct jewels throughout the entire movie and it's just like i mean i'm kind of torn because if it had been this movie's like i don't think super nuanced and but if it had been and like if she did bottle it in more and if she did like kind of not literally try to ruin their wedding because by the way this movie is about her trying to ruin a wedding that mm-hmm. is the plot of the movie I don't think it would have been a comedy it would have been like fucking so sad and it still is but I so I'm, I'm just not I'm not I don't know she's a monster I have a I have a question
2: because I remembered this the last time I saw it, but again, it's been like probably like two or three years since I've seen it. How old were they when they like were gonna be when they had the marriage pact to get married? Weren't they like so young? 20, 28.
0: I'm 28. 28. I'm 28. LOL, I'm 28. Yeah. yeah, Lucy and
2: I are 28. Like, I can't imagine a world where I have like, I felt like I was like literally gonna be like a spinster, but right? as a single person at 28, like, I'm yeah. insulted by that. I am not, I, I am not of the yeah. age where I have to be in a pact. What were you gonna say?
0: I do kind of think that the movie like plays on that a little bit though. Yeah. Cause like the opening sequence, it's very much like tongue in cheek about like the conceptions of matrimony and love. So I do think in that way. Okay. My it's, insecurities it's, are yeah. just talking Lucy. Yeah, Let, me talk. Yeah, yeah. Let okay. me talk. Chill, chill. <laughs> okay. I also want to, I want to add another shout out to Samantha and my friend Louise here for who for years and until recently refused to watch this movie and even wouldn't let me play the song say a little prayer because it made her so sad so really yeah. yeah I love she that was, like, song she was triggered by this movie until well, a recent rewatch.
1: here's my question interesting and I'm genuinely I how do I phrase this without um I, I didn't handle breakups the best and love the best I had a lot of growing up to do in my maturity in relationship to humans and um, so you faked an
0: email from
1: your uh... I have sent fake emails not for over 10 years now but I have sent fake emails I have um, tried to like create illusions to have outcomes I want now was it because Dang. films like this are what I watched as a kid
0: Possibly. probably
1: but also like, I did have empathy for her that if this was like her rock bottom to learn from I was like there's real love there he forgave her and just as you saw he kind of forgave Kimmy even when he thought she did the unforgivable and that was emblematic of their genuine love for each other like he genuinely loved Julianne just in a very different way. And like, he loved the dark parts of her and he loved the great sexy parts of her, the idealized woman on a pedestal. And I appreciated that, but I don't know if that's just my own darkness, like wanting to be valid.
2: When in in doubt, blame the media you've consumed for your bad
1: decisions, for (laughs) sure. Absolutely. Um, Did you guys not do crazy stuff though? Like, is I continue
2: to do crazy stuff like uh, let's you know let's not get into it but uh you know there's there's a reason I'm drinking iced tea right now taking a break from the wine because I make <laughs> bad choices okay so that's a lot of credit to Dermot Mulroney's character which like I, I love and I'm here for who's your yeah, he's shady yeah but so I'm saying like in the pantheon of great is he one of your your greatest in the pantheon of like rom-com men like it seems like you really have dealt given him like a lot of nuance there
1: No, 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 Like Billy Crystal. Give me like an underdog that's secretly. Yeah. I am so like any man that can walk through a museum with you and like make like use linguistics to make you laugh is like like, kind of be an asshole.
0: (laughs) Why is he an asshole? I think he's a fuck boy. He knows what he's doing. He knows the power he holds over her. Okay. No doubt. And I kind of think Dermot Mulroney does too. Like, you can't tell someone who's not your fiancé that they look good naked. Like, that's just not chill. Do you
1: have best guy friends?
0: Well, that brings me to a question that I think this movie poses, which is, like, can men and women ever really be friends? I don't have a ton of close straight male friends.
2: I do. I have a ton. Because I grew up really close to a lot of guys, so I have, like, genuine, real platonic male friends, but very few that I'd, like... Be like walking around in my own, you know, like wanting, like be in a place where they'd be like, "Oh, you look good naked." Like I, I'm thinking about like a shout out to a, like Joe Pa, like a dear friend of mine. Like I don't want that from him. Like I don't.
0: Like, <laughs> I have this. met many of your straight male friends, and yeah, I can I can attest to the platonic relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we all watched these three films. What are our big takeaways? Wait, can I say one more thing about my best friend's wedding? please does it involve the jello monologue it doesn't (laughs) but I think the most shocking thing that I have never registered about this movie before and the most cruel thing she does is gives them quote-unquote her and Michael's song for their first dance like that is that is so messed up like hey like here you go like I'm going to just relinquish this song so that for your first dance with your new wife, you only think of me. Like, I just think that's so shady and that's not supposed to be shady. That's some real mental warfare. I respect it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I totally get what you're saying, but I think, but could it also be a symbol of like this thing that we shared? I'm letting go of. Yeah. But
0: not the time. I think. I, I th- not the is, time, Jewel. Is that not the
2: ultimate, like, glass half full, glass half empty? Like, both your takes on it? The litmus okay, test wait, for are our you time. You really
0: telling me that if you had the relationship with that woman and you were Dermot Mulroney. And she was oh, like, Hey, like-
2: your different takes I'm saying, like are just very funny to like, see the same thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know, I guess it goes both ways. So I think it's, I think it's the litmus test for our times. True,
0: true, One of us was faking emails in high school and one of us wasn't.
1: So. <laughs> oh, wow.
0: Um,
1: okay. So from my best friend's wedding, we took away men and women can be friends, but you don't want them to tell them you look good naked from book smart. We're taking away oh,
0: we're taking away that like the love you share with your friends should always be the bar that you hold for the love you take into your romantic relationships.
2: Wow, that's really good. Hold on, I need to, I'm just, I, I think I'll start, go back to what I started with that like, um, not that they were breaking up as friends because she was moving across the country, but I just think like friendship heartbreaks and like long-term friends and stuff can be just as painful as it can with like a romantic partner.
1: Love that. I love that, too. All right. Well, before we go, ladies, um, any girls hanging out is never uh, complete unless we play a little drinking game before we go. So honored yeah. by our dear Mindy Kaling and Never Have I Ever, let's play a round of Never Have I Ever based on the movies we brought to the table. Great. Um,
0: Absolutely. Samantha, don't drink too much of that iced tea. <laughs> It's
2: got a lot of stevia on
1: it. Might have a sugar buzz. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can start, never have I ever used karaoke to
0: attract a man. God, no. But you can sing, Lucy, right? I did do karaoke with my boyfriend once when we were not dating, though he claims to not remember it. And, but he had a girlfriend at the time, so I don't think I was, at that time, using my pipes to woo him, but maybe subconsciously. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why we're dating now. I don't know, you mm-hmm. sound like a Julian to me.
1: Uh, <laughs> i'm kidding
0: never never your <laughs> intentions okay lucy what have you got okay never have i ever hooked up with a teacher this includes like ta ashley's drinking oh no
2: i, I wish that'd be really fun that would be like a cool story <laughs> I don't
0: so earnestly like yeah. that's a good
1: story summer abroad shakespeare teacher how
2: mm. the layers Okay, never have I ever um, hooked up with a friend's
1: ex. Oh, are you? Yep, she's, she's drinking drinking, drinking my own. I'm, yeah, I'm drinking for my own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's going to be a no for me, actually. We all kind of struggled with love in our own ways, but thank God we had the best friends we were all talking about to get us through it. So there you yes. have it, folks. We called this Say Anything after our beloved John Cusack, and that is exactly what we just did. Did we miss anything? Any opinions? Write to us on Instagram at Cute or on Twitter at listenmeetcutes. And while you're there, make sure to leave us a rating, review, and subscribe. And hey, want more BFF content? Uh, then make sure to check out Meet Cutes that summer. Written by Olivia Quatero Briggs, someone I honestly consider a BFF. It's gossip girl meets girl's trip wrapped up in a big Friends Forever bow. Or check out our newest series, Camp Firefly, for those of you who are looking to end this heat wave with something like Wet Hot American Summer. Everyone needs a little Wet Hot American Summer. Well, that's it from us. I'm Ashley Eskew. I'm Samantha Leach.
0: And I'm Lucy Love I'll have what she's having.